0: Hey everyone, and welcome to another Half Hour of the Informal Program, a show that scored just seven fewer points than the Vikings did in the NFC Championship game. Hey, that's that's a little cruel, but also rather factual.
1: Live from a city in Southern California, this is the Informal Program. Hey
0: everyone, welcome in to another Half Hour of the Informal Program. I think I said that already. Anyway. Welcome in. We're here. Dave's here. John's behind the glass. I'm here. announcer man's here. We're all kind of under the weather, except Dave, because Dave always sounds a bit nasally.
1: Yeah, I always sound like this, so you you can't tell what I'm sick or not.
0: But the rest of us are feeling a little bit under the weather, but we're going to bring you the show anyway, so I just dropped my notes on the floor. Oh, it's not like anything was written on them, Dave.
1: Fair point. All right, welcome
0: into the show. A lot to get to. We had the NFC and AFC championship games. The Patriots are going to the Super Bowl again. Wow, uh, what a what a plot twist that is. And the Philadelphia Eagles going to their second no third Super Bowl all time. They're 0-2, but they're going back again against the Patriots, who they lost to back in two thousand five, I believe. It was two thousand five when they lost to him. Anyway, but you know, we're gonna get to this show because this is you know, it doesn't have my name in it, but it technically is kind of my show. So I'm going to start with hockey because something came to mind when I was, well, I've been following hockey this season. And something came to mind recently that just kind of blew me away. And that's right now in the Western Conference, the Winnipeg Jets and the Vegas Golden Knights are one and two. And if you're a hockey fan, you know, it's like, that's kind of odd. If, if, for those of you who are hockey fans, let me just explain to you. Eight years ago, one of those teams was a struggling team in Atlanta And the other one was just like a weird pipe dream. So to see those two teams, first and second, it's very, very strange. Uh, Let let me pay off before I go down this rabbit hole real quick. We are going to have Daryl Dunn, the CEO and general manager of the Rose Bowl, joining us in the next segment. Got a chance to talk to him, dad at the Rose Bowl, so we'll play that interview. And uh, Beanie factoids coming up in the second half of the show. Just a few today because we have a lot of stuff to get to. Might get to some old news as well. Bagman will have the news. So that's what's coming up on the show today. But yeah, anyway, so I was just thinking about this. It's like if you're a baseball fan, just imagine someone coming up to you right now. He's like, I have a time machine for the future. And 10 years from now, the World Series is going to be Portland against Montreal. It's like, wait a minute, what? You're a basketball fan. Yeah, okay. In just a few years, the finals will be louisville against Seattle. It's like, wait, hang on. So that just kind of puts it in perspective. It's crazy. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, Washington, still leading, but they haven't done anything in the playoffs. And then who else is out there, Dave? Uh, I, I don't
1: know who's leading the, no, the no the Pacific Vegas.
0: Uh, Tampa Bay. Thank you for your non-help. Is Tampa Bay leading the, uh, was it, the Metropolitan Division? I don't know what the division names are anymore. There are only four of them. I still don't remember them. Anyway, so that's that. Uh, Also, in a minute, we're going to talk about the uh, Game of the Week. We've kind of been doing this anyway, to some extent. Just we haven't called it Game of the Week, but Dave was talking pre-show, and he's like, hey, why don't we actually call it Game of the Week? Because every week I seem to be watching a game and talking about it, whether or not it's like the mainstream cool Game of the Week or not. So we'll talk about that, and that'll be Thunder versus Cavs. But real quick, I did want to talk about the NFL because, you know, it was this weekend. So we do have the Jaguars. They played a great game and couldn't quite finish it. And so the Patriots are going back to the Super Bowl. I've never seen a team or even heard of a team with the amazing fortune of the New England Patriots. Like, just think about them for a minute. Like, how that whole dynasty started. Like, how many teams can say, yeah, our our dynasty pretty much started because our starting quarterback got injured, and then the quarterback who replaced him in the playoffs, he fumbled, but then the officials said, no, it wasn't a fumble. And then that started our great dynasty. Now, I'm not not hating the Patriots. I'm just pointing out that almost everything has gone right for them. Their last two Super Bowl wins, one comes because the team just decides, yeah, you know what, we're not going to run the ball when we're a yard away from a touchdown. And their other one comes when the Falcons just decide, well, they made football games 30 minutes, so we're going to stop playing the second half. Like, think about that. Your last two Super Bowls, one of them comes from literally the other team handing you the football and giving you the game, and the other one, because a team blows a lead that we've never seen happen before in a half hour of football. And then this game right here, I mean, Rob Gronkowski gets knocked out. I'm not talking about like, literally and figuratively, gets knocked out of the game. Okay, well, there goes the best receiver. What does Tom Brady do? Hey, here's a guy who's athletic let me throw it to him for a touchdown and get back in the game it's incredible and then the Eagles I didn't I didn't watch much of that game I think the most interesting thing that came out of that game with all due respect first of all congratulations to the Eagles I'm not you know honestly I I I can only take so much football at once so I saw all of the Patriots game and the second game by that time I was just kind of out of it I can only handle so much sports at one time so I was watching the uh, the end of that game, but I mean it was after a 7-nothing Vikings that pretty much ceased to be a game. But anyway, I was uh the the biggest thing that came out of that game was the Eagles fan who got so hyped on uh the subway that he turned and he was he was banging on the glass of the subway train and he was trying to run alongside the subway train as it left the station and he just went full face first into a, a support beam. And just got laid out. And then I think he hit his head on the train, if you see another angle on the way, pulling out. And uh, was it Dave or did you say John? John said it. John said that was the hardest that anyone in the Eagles jersey have been tackled all game long. That was a good one. He doesn't have the drop, as usual. Anyway. So that was that. But let's get to the game of the week. And for this, this is just pretty much a game that, you know, we watched and kind of took notes on. And I was very excited for the start of uh, – NBA Saturday primetime that Rockets Warriors game that was a good game but the opening game of that was Cavaliers versus Thunder if we can call it we're using the the term game very use very loosely because I don't know what happened I saw the game I saw the entire game I still am not quite sure what happened it was incredible it was absolutely incredible 148 to 124, Oklahoma City won. Okay, l- let me say that again. 148 points. There was no overtime. There was no four point line introduced in the game. The Thunder scored 148 points. It was, if, if you're a Cavaliers fan, that was disturbing. And I'm not just harping on this game because oh LeBron's there and no I just watched the game and I said what is happening here it was incredible now I said last week on the show for those of you who are listening I said Isaiah Thomas he might be good He, he might be good but the issue is that I think LeBron was so used to you know having the ball in his hands the entire game that he kind of disappeared. I was like, is LeBron out there? There a couple times, I was like, oh, he is on the floor. I don't, he wasn't handling the ball. But it- there was no defense. All right, they might have to start calling it Cleveland and leaving out the D because there was none in that game. Oh! Thank you. Thank you. There it is. There's the drop. It was incredible. I- they just ceased to play defense. 148 points. They were, Seriously. There are a couple missed free throws away from giving up 150 points. Now, if you're not a huge basketball fan, let me just break it down to you for a minute, okay? 100 points is pretty high scoring. 110 to 120—that's that's the max. That's when it's like, what happened? If you get to 130 points, you must have been playing overtime because there's no way you score 130 points within 48 minutes of basketball. And if you get to 140. You're playing in an all-star game where the teams are just like, yeah, we're just out here for fun, and we really don't care about defense. In a regulation basketball game, the Cavaliers gave up 148 points. I mean, give credit to the Thunder, though. They look good. Everybody knows their role now. Carmelo Anthony is the guy, the kind of power forward who just is kind of out there. Paul George looked pretty good. I gotta say though, Stephen Adams. This might sound ridiculous, but he is one of my favorite players to watch in the NBA. I just, I just like Stephen Adams' game. Just like, like what, what other team? Now, granted, I probably shouldn't say this because people are gonna come back and say so and so. But like, what other team has that guy who's just down there and his sole purpose, like they're paying him millions of dollars, and like in his contract is pretty much stand within three feet and rebound. That's like that's that that's his whole mission. That's what they're paying him for to just be down there and rebound he had 25 points anyway so that was that was a crazy game and just something i was thinking about real quick the game was on abc hubie brown was calling it does hubie brown only call thunder games I know the way it works out with the, the broadcast schedule. You know, he's kind of on the the B team. Mike Tarico used to be there, now it's Mark Jones. But seriously, I was watching the game. I was like, oh, it's Hubie again. I've been, like, every time the Thunder on ABC, Hubie Brown is calling the game. It doesn't it was like Christmas a couple years ago. I turned on the TV a couple weeks ago, I think on ESPN. Hubie's doing the game. They're playing the uh, Timberwolves. I turn on this game. Like, Hubie Brown is like the national voice of the Oklahoma City Thunder. What a great broadcaster Hubie brown is anyway but I, i that was concerning so now the issue people are saying hey for the Cavs, you know will they get bounced early there's a bunch of turmoil will they get out of the playoffs early the issue isn't necessarily the way they're playing i mean that's bad enough but i think the other issue is if they fall out of the top two seeds in the conference and they fall to third or fourth there's a chance that mathematically they might not have home court advantage in the second round so that they might not play as many home games as the other team in the second round. But then there's also a chance that they might have to go through both the Celtics and the Raptors to get to the conference finals or play both of them in the playoffs. Anyway, but yeah, I mean yeah, I mean this is the last thing I'll say on it. It it was it was embarrassing, but you know how they play music on the court during the games you know you have the defense chat or whatever this is this is what they should have just been playing the entire game here yeah just come on down Steven Adams you want 25 points come on down Russell Westbrook 20 assists Paul George you want to take another three well, go right ahead we, we have no just just go right in the lane run right down dunk on us who's the guy in, in garbage time who had like 10 points like it would have been 130 Look him up, Dave. Anyway, what was his? Anyway, yeah, there was a guy. You can you can fade that out here. The gag is over. Anyway, well well, well executed, John. By the way, well executed on that. Anyway, yeah, look 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 up who that guy was, because he went for like ten points in the fourth quarter when the game was already decided. The Thunder just ran completely over, and that's a team that might not make it out of the second round of the Western Conference.
1: But if they were in the East, would they be uh, going to the Conference Finals?
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, if they're playing in the East, they're, they're a top three seed for sure. Anyway, before we go to break real quick, I want to uh, – one thing we're going to kind of do here. This is our fourth show, fourth Tuesday of the month. So what we're going to try to do is kind of clean up some stuff, and we'll have guests and all that, which we have later on. But I did want to g- catch up a couple errors I made throughout the show. A uh, couple shows ago, I said UCF played in the Sugar Bowl. That's wrong. They played in the Peach Bowl. First episode of the show, I called the Rams for sure. And I think one other team, my team, I usually don't do that. I'm somewhat neutral when it comes to sports. And Chase Elliott had uh, five second place finishes last year. Not 10 or whatever I said in the season. And last but not least, Gavin Bellamy, our our friend, he didn't say be humble. That's that's the gag we have. He said humble yourself. That's what he's trying to trademark is humble yourself. Anyway. We'll be back here on the informal program around the break or after the break interview with Rose Bowl CEO, Daryl Dunn. We'll be back. This week's show is brought to you by something near and dear to all of us. Electricity. If you're one of those people who hasn't caught up yet and you're still using candles to light in the nighttime, first of all, that can be a little dangerous. You know, the cat knocks something over. Suddenly there's a huge fire or Let's say there's an earthquake. The power goes out. You don't have any batteries because you're you know, still behind on the technology. You don't want to light a candle because there could be a gas leak and everything blows sky high. So that's why you need electricity. In fact, they are powering the show right now. The computer, running on electricity. Microphone, running on electricity. So you got to check this out. They power the show and they power the world. Electricity. Sponsor of the informal program. And now it's time for the news with Bagman. Dave is telling me to wrap it up, but I still have five seconds. I don't know why you're doing that. Anyway, now here's Bagman with the news. And now, <coughs> excuse me, live. I have Sorry. Uh, Bagman with the news report. <coughs> that is absolutely disgusting. My germaphobe tastes are thoroughly. Disturbed. The Ola Kamara deal is official. Ola Kamara going from the Columbus Crew to the Los Angeles Galaxy for more than a million dollars in allocation money. What that is, you'll have to go to the MLS website to understand. ThorSport Motorsport switching from Toyotas to for- Fords. Forwards or Fords? Forwards, Fords, not like a forward in basketball. A Ford, the car. That's an updated story. And David Gilliland starting his own racing team in NASCAR. And uh, that's the news. Back to the show. You can follow the informal program at Instagram.com slash program or at Twitter, but they never use it. And now back to the show. Welcome back to the show. That was good by Bankman. He's he's improving. We were talking about him. Someone was coaching. Were you coached him, Dave?
1: Yeah, I had a little bit to say about him. I was like, you know, you need to work on that report.
0: Yeah, he did. I, I saw him in here. It was like three in the morning. He's reading these reports. He's writing them up. It was it was good to see. It's great to see. All right. So a couple weeks ago, through no help of Dave, I, I keep reiterating that, I got in touch with Daryl Dunn, who happens to be the CEO and general manager of the Rose Bowl. My mom was at an event, got to meet him and said, Hey, you know, get in touch. I ended up emailing him and said, Hey, can I would you like to can we do an interview for a few minutes? He said, Sure. So I went by the Rose Bowl and got to talk with him. So that's the interview we're about to have here. Unfortunately, John was saying there's just a little bit of I I don't know if it's the, the building we're in or, or something uh, there, but there's like a little bit of humming in the background. So we, we understand, we notice that as well. But um, this is the interview with the CEO and general manager of the Rose Bowl, the Rose Bowl, America Stadium, Mr. Darrell Dunn. And one of the first things I wanted to ask him was how long he'd been at the job. It seemed to be like a pretty interesting question. All right, so...
1: He, he was great. You were
0: in. Thank you. Way to sell it, Dave. All right. And now, here's our interview with done. Dunn.
2: Uh, I've been working here since uh, 1995. I've been in my current position which is general manager and CEO since 1999. Awesome. And w- what have you seen change in that time? Well, maybe a better question is what hasn't changed okay. since that time. No, we, we've we um, worked really hard. You know, The Rose Bowl is a very, very special place and uh, we we recognize it's typically stadiums our age because it, it was built in 1922 so we're 96 years young right now uh, mostly stadiums our age they don't exist you know they, typically they deteriorate and they're not taken care of and eventually they're torn down so we're uh, making sure that doesn't happen here so we've invested a lot of money uh, we did a, a major renovation about 180 million dollars we, we've done that. We've, since I've been here, we've done two long-term agreements with UCLA. We just did a new one with Term of Roses, so they'll both be here till at least 2044. Uh, we we always thought there was going to be competition with the NFL stadium. We wanted to secure them. We've gotten back into the music business quite a bit, hosted a lot of important, great concerts here. We did a, an agreement with uh, Golden Voice, and we have a Royal Cycle weekend. The first one was last June. We're gonna have one this upcoming June as well. So it's also a 20-year agreement. So we've done a lot. I'm th- hopefully to secure. Uh, it'll give us shows, uh, some good, solid anchor tenants going forward. We've tried to make the place better. We always try to make it better every single day, and it continues to be a challenge. Uh, and but we're excited and we're passionate, so we're working hard at it. That's awesome. Now, one
0: thing, as someone who's grown up in Pasadena, I, I. I understand it, but I don't think a lot of people outside Pasadena understand kind of that NFL relationship, because I've, I hear in the news, oh, well, why don't they put a team at the Rose Bowl? And like, I think people in Pasadena hear, oh, absolutely not, but people outside don't understand. So for the people who are outside kind of this Pasadena area, could you explain, you know, the reasoning why the NFL isn't something necessarily, you know, wanted or welcome at the Rose Bowl?
2: Well, it, what happened really was there was an effort to bring the NFL okay. here uh, and I was die in the middle of it um, and what happened was in the early 2000s uh, but it eventually it occurred that in order to proceed that the uh, there was an environmental impact report and we were in the NFL and the city council uh, didn't have enough votes to have it keep going forward. I think the vote, you needed five votes, I think it was four to four. So it wasn't overwhelming, maybe may have been five to three against it, but it, anyway, it was not unanimous, there was a lot of support for the NFL, but um, at the time that was the decision and there was a, a initiative then uh, placed on the ballot and that didn't go down, there was, you know, frankly a lot of, there are some folks who believe that the NFL would not be the appropriate fit for Pasadena and the end of the day the, the political bodies Okay. that's what they supported. Okay, so it was more of
0: that as opposed to kind of the Rose Bowl. Uh,
2: that's what I was curious about was kind of, because I
0: remember hearing about that, but I don't remember exactly how it went down. Yeah, I no, no, so. we, um,
2: yeah, we, we, you know, we were engaged in discussions okay. with them for multiple years. Okay, awesome.
0: And what do you see as kind of the events outside of the Rose Bowl that are really kind of like the crowning features, kind of moving forward, I'd say, you'd say?
2: Well, you know, there is no more important day Episode. And then of course in January 1st yeah. and uh, hopefully that never changes because uh, we gave it this past uh, you know 10 days ago or so or 12 days ago having the Rose Bowl game on a beautiful day with uh, two great teams and uh, this place was just you know, the electricity you could cut it with mm. a knife it was really fantastic it was arguably the best Rose Bowl game I've ever been part of so it was really 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 special and uh, to bottle that it's sensational so there's that I think and uh, going forward we're excited about that of course. Um, UCLA we're you know that we're the home of the Bruins we have been uh, since the early 80s and um, you know again we're here with us for a long time going forward you having their new coach Chip Kelly come in um, we think that's going to sort of reignite the fan excitement a bit so uh, you know the, the Bruins and I mentioned uh, briefly the music festival Music, as I said, is a real growth here. Um, you know, now we have um, about as many music events as you have concerts as you have football games here. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, and this year is not going to be an exception. We anticipate probably uh, five concerts and plus a weekend of a music festival. So it'll be great. We we recognize there's going to be some significant competition going forward with Inglewood when the NFL mm-hmm. stadium opens up. Uh, which is why we're trying to do these long-term agreements as much as we possibly can. Awesome.
0: And the last question I wanted to ask was about tradition as far as the Rose Bowl is concerned. Both the game and the venue as well. Like how important is tradition to the Rose Bowl game? How that is looked at or how you deal with that and also just the stadium in general? Well, it's
2: one of the same. It's who we are. You know, our greatest strengths are history in our setting and the history really is a tradition. You, you know, I watched the national championship game in Atlanta and saw other bowl games and other ev- events and there's nothing like the Rose Bowl you mm-hmm. the fact that we are a college football venue and it's, it's a different feel it's like center court at Wimbledon it's like the old parquet floor at oh, the Boston yeah. Garden it's, it's, it's special and it's uh, and, and if you build it new it won't feel like it has so the tradition yeah that is one of our greatest strengths and we am very very proud of it
0: so that was our interview with daryl dunn the ceo and general manager of the rose bowl <clears throat> excuse me
1: oh don't do that on the air
0: sorry i told you i wasn't feeling well. i tried to anyway so i really appreciate him having him on that was great he was a great guest appreciate him doing that and uh so yeah that was that was really cool what you know Talked a little bit before and after that. Uh, got to go around. It was, it was a day. I think some UCLA uh, people were recruiting around there. Uh, he said he hadn't missed a big event at the Rose Bowl since he'd, he'd been there. So He's been to the the Confederations Cup game. I think we mentioned that in one of our, our opens, that game, You know the, all the Rose Bowl games and, and stuff. Got to see his office and all that. So that, was, that was really cool. So appreciate him being on. Uh, Dave, you did some work during the break.
1: Yeah, uh, Terrence Ferguson is who you were talking about.
0: Thank you. Terrence Ferguson was the uh, Thunder player I was thinking of. How many points did he
1: have? He had nine in 11 minutes. (laughs) He
0: just played the fourth quarter. And he had, and and Dwayne Wade had how many?
1: He had 11 also.
0: And how many minutes did he play?
1: He played 20.
0: So Terrence Ferguson had the same. Play that theme again, John. Play, play Play our Cleveland Cavaliers defense music here. There we are. Hope we're not in trouble. We have to pay CBS for this, so it, it's worth it. So you're telling me, Terrence Ferguson in 11 minutes had as many points as Dwayne Wade in 20.
1: Yeah, that was a garbage time too.
0: All right, yeah. Cavs are going out in the first round. I don't believe that. I just said that. Anyway, let's get real quick to Beanie factoids. How, how can we transition from such a professional, well-done interview? Well,
1: oh, I just patting yourself on the back.
0: No, I'm just saying, compared to Beanie factoid, it is a Professional. Well done interview. It was, but Beanie Factoids is a bit of a train wreck. Anyway, let's just get to this.
3: That's putting it mildly.
0: All right, get up here to the microphone and get this over with. And now, <coughs> excuse me, it's time for Beanie Factoids. I really think he's milking it. All right, let's get it going. Number one.
3: All right, number one here uh Dome Teams. Teams that play in domes in the NFL. Or the NFC Championship game, or is it just the NFL total? I didn't look up the stat. Anyway, they're 0-13 now with the Minnesota Vikings losing to the uh, Eagles.
0: Number two. Uh,
3: This one is related as well, and in two weeks we might add to it. The Patriots have been to five Super Bowls, correct? Uh, Yes. Good. You get an A.
0: Oh, Okay, what's the factoid, though?
3: Okay, here's the factoid. They are 5-0... Against animal teams in the Super Bowl. 3-0 and against bird teams. They've beaten the Falcons, the Seahawks, and the Eagles. Their only two losses are to teams that involve humans, the Giants, twice. What are the other two animals they beat? They beat the Rams and they beat the Panthers. So they're uh, 2-0 and against mammals, 3-0 and against birds, and uh, 0-2 against men.
0: Thank you. How does that pertain to the game?
3: I don't know. It's just interesting.
0: Number three,
3: uh, Novak Djokovic lost in the uh, U.S. or was it the Australian Open? And those are the factoids.
0: This has been Beanie Factoids. Yeah, we're running out of time, so thank thank you for that, though. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I've I've gotten I've gotten into tennis recently.
1: Yeah, you're such a snob. Over the weekend, you're like I know tennis now. I wasn't like that. Yeah, you were. You were like I, I know tennis now. I know that was a serve. that was an ace. You're like I snobbish.
0: No, I wasn't. I just I just started watching tennis over the weekend. Don't get on me for that. Yeah, the Australian Open. Here's the best part, though. There. There's a guy named Tennis, T-E-N-N-Y-S, Tennis Sandgren. I think he's a fellow homeschooler from uh, Tennessee.
1: Well, you're not from Tennessee.
0: You Never mind. Anyway, he is an American, and he's going to the quarterfinals against uh, the guy who beat Novak. I forget his name, uh, from Korea. So anyway, I don't know when that is, but we might sit and watch it.
1: You're going to be, like, all snobbish. and like, oh, I know tennis now.
0: I know another sport. It's not about that. Anyway. Uh, As we leave here, Bob from San Jose writes in, who wins first, the Jacksonville Jaguars or the LA Kings? Hey, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's cruel. Anyway, the the Kings will get it together at some point, but they're slipping right now. For Dave, John, and myself, special thanks to uh, Dunn for coming on with us. This is the Informal Program. We'll see you next week. All right. Thank you to Electricity for Powering the informal program. Anything you want to say, Dave? This is your part of the show.
1: Uh, yes. We didn't talk enough soccer. Los Angeles FC had a good draft, but the LA Galaxy are going to win the Western Conference.
0: All right. From the same man who said the Bills were winning the Super Bowl.
1: Well, that didn't go well, but th- I I believe in this pick though. The Galaxy are going places.
0: Okay, sure. I.
1: Yeah, I mean, but you're like, oh, I'm I'm in with LAFC now, so you don't you don't believe me.
0: I didn't say that.
1: Your your silence speaks volumes. I don't know if they're going to win the Western Conference. Who, who's beating them, Seattle or Portland? Portland ain't got nobody, and Seattle, I don't trust them. All
0: right, that, if you believe that, man, that's fine. I'm just, you don't have to get all aggressive, okay? It's just your opinion. Anyway.
1: You said this is my segment, now you're talking.
0: Anyway. I, pff, after that Bills is picked, it's a miracle you are. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.